anytime you're tempted to quote unquote fix someone or encourage them to do yoga because you think it would make them better, you're not embracing them for exactly who they are right now in this moment. Ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. Hello and welcome back to the Yoga Hacks podcast. Today I'm answering a user question that came up in our uplifted Facebook group. You can join the completely free Facebook group at yogahackscommunity.com. That's yogahackscommunity.com. And of course, we'd love to see you in uplifted, upliftedyoga.com if you want to go deeper with me on all things yoga or if you're just obsessed with yoga like I am. This uplifted member had such a great question. She said, how do I get my friends and my family more into yoga? Or how do I encourage someone to start yoga? And sort of what's the best way to go about doing that? And what what tips could I potentially share? So I have some tips for you. And the first one, some are practical and some, then we're gonna get deep, very deep actually. Um, but the first practical tip is you can tell this friend or a family member that you just want them to do some stretching. You can leave the word yoga out of it and just say, hey, have you ever considered stretching? Do you want to do some stretching sometime? And you can do things like strategically position a foam roller in front of them in the living room while you guys are hanging out. Or you can kind of start stretching just sort of on the couch or sofa or chair when you're near them. Because usually humans, we're kind of like monkey see, monkey do. So if you're constantly just stretching, hanging out in the house, not necessarily on a yoga mat, but just doing little stretches with your fingers, like I show in the Always Be Stretching course, or just stretching your quads while you're lying on the couch, which I also show in that course. Um, but just, you know, making stretching part of your day-to-day -day activities. Um, it's likely that whoever you're trying to entice will just see it as stretching. And you can have them do things like pigeon pose or um, ankle-to-knee pose, and they don't even really know they're doing yoga. Because yoga is a charged word for a lot of people, you know? They... They have all sorts of, everyone's coming to the yoga word with their own story and their own connotations, which might involve stereotypes and the idea that they have to chant and that they have to be flexible and all these things. So just encouraging your friends and family to stretch, just to stretch, is I think often a great approach. My second tip is a little bit the opposite of the first tip. So the first tip is sort of about framing yoga as stretching in order to make it more accessible to people. But some people actually, you know, some people, most people start physical in yoga and then they go more subtle and they start realizing the benefits like feeling more relaxed and less stressful and more happy. And suddenly they want to change their whole life and do yoga all the time and maybe make a career change or do yoga teacher training. And they just feel so much more like they're reclaiming who they really are. But for most people, it just starts as a physical thing. However, there are people, and that's where you approach them with the stretching. However, there are people who maybe really are interested in making a change in their life. For example, they hate their job. They hate their relationship. And you can kind of use either the word yoga or, again, if the yoga word hasn't worked in the past, meditation to invite them to start experiencing all that the big world of the eight-limbed path of yoga has to offer. So I know I, for example, when I had never done yoga before, I had a very stereotypical idea of what yoga was and I knew I had no interest in it because I was a hardcore dancer and yoga was for wimps in my mind. However, 
someone that I was dating at the time was really into meditation and he encouraged me to meditate with him because he said, hey, you're really into Pilates and you're, you know, clearly <laughs> a dancer and you're really stressed out. Why don't you try meditating? And um, he wanted me to try yoga, but I said no to that right away. But I did try the meditation and I really enjoyed it and it made me want to go deeper. So for some people, approaching them through the meditation angle uh, is, is often very effective, especially when you frame it for them as a way that they could feel less stress, change a habit that they've been trying to break, change an addiction. And again, that could be like an addiction to being in bad relationships. But you could just say, there's all these health benefits of meditation. Have you ever considered just sitting and trying it? And that can be sort of like a great gateway. I was talking about like the gateway drug to get them into, into just this whole realm of both yoga and meditation. And you can offer, if you're comfortable, to actually teach them meditation, especially if you're considering teaching or in my teacher training. But I know even before I did teacher training, I was just always wanting to meditate and teach everyone to meditate. I would literally call my friends and be like, hey, can I come over and teach you how to meditate? I just wanted to be in that space all the time. So if you think someone's somewhat receptive, or even if they're not, you can offer to come over and do a guided meditation together and just walk them through whatever it is you're doing or teach them yourself to get them started. So those are the two tips and now I promised that we were gonna go a little bit deeper because the thing with this question, how do I get people into yoga? The real answer, the true answer, is that the only way you can really do it, aside from the two things I suggested, which is sort of like calling yoga different things to try to entice people to get in touch with their body and quiet their mind, the only way you can do it is by leading by example. And this is where it gets more interesting to talk about all this stuff because I think a lot of times when we have that impulse to fix someone else, help someone else, if someone else was just doing X, Y, Z, I know they'd feel so much better, all of a sudden, there's an energetic shift that's happened where we're no longer involved, invested, and leading by example ourselves. There's, it's, it's very subtle because it's not a bad thing and it's not wrong to wish and want your family members to do yoga. But a little bit of that I think sometimes comes from like, ugh, my husband is so... <laughs> not mindful, leaving his clothes and his socks all around the house, or, you know, he's not as thoughtful as I wish he were. If he did yoga, I'm sure he'd be a different person. I'm sure he'd be so much better. And while it seems like you really care and want to help him by wishing this friend or husband or loved one did yoga, really, it's very selfish, right? Because it's really just about you. You just are wishing they were different. And in one of my favorite books, Loving What Is?, um, bought by Byron Katie. You can check it out. Um, she talks about how in every moment we just have to love what is. So anytime you're tempted to quote-unquote fix someone or encourage them to do yoga because you think it would make them better, it's that's almost itself sort of like an anti-yogic principle or thought if you want to go really deep and meta with all this because it's like you're not embracing them for exactly who they are right now in this moment. And who exactly who they are in this moment is a teacher to you and the perfect teacher that the universe has divinely placed in front of you. And they are exactly where they need to be in this moment for their 
development in their journey, just like you are in the exact place you need to be in this moment for your development in your journey. So instead of wishing they were different or wishing they did yoga, it's your job to just, as the yogi, love them for exactly the way they are right now. Whatever it is that's annoying you about them, whatever you, is, you think it is that could be improved by them doing yoga, that's a mirror shining back on yourself for what you need to just embrace and love about them even more. So you just really have to walk your walk and talk your talk. And when you do that, people are going to be insanely attracted to you. And if they're somewhat intelligent, which most people are, eventually they are going to come to you and ask you, hey, what is it that you're doing? <laughs> Why are you so calm and happy and zen all the time? Why have you made all these incredible changes in your life while I'm still at like square one? Um, and, and they will start to slowly, slowly get curious and explore their own path and go on their own journey because they were inspired by you and you weren't pushing them at all. Leading by example is the most powerful thing we can do. And when we lead by example, I'm talking about also being completely present in every moment, being in the now, which means we're never wishing people were different from how they actually are right in front of us. Even if what they are in front of us is extremely frustrating, that's the teacher. That's what the Yoga Sutras would call the the that there is a teacher nearby, right? Teachers show up in all sorts of different forms, usually in the form of challenges, usually in the form of people that make us want to tear our hair out and scream. And that person's actually part of your path, teaching you and serving as a mirror to you for what you need to work on next, develop more patience around, develop more love around, step into the light more around, to let go of more. So part of me hates to take it in this direction, and I'm sure the person who asked this question had no intention of trying to fix or change people. However, I think any time we're wishing people were different than how they exactly are showing up to us in the moment, there is a hint, even if it's subtle, even if we're not consciously aware of it, that there is that hint of us wishing they were somehow different, and it's usually selfish because we think that our life would be easier if, if, if they were that way um, or we wouldn't have to listen to the, them complain as much right or um, you know we, we want good things for the people around us but the only way to do it is to lead by example and part of that means when they're driving you absolutely nuts and you want to chop their head off you smile and take a deep breath and don't react and people are very energetically attuned even people who don't do yoga and they'll notice be like oh usually when I start ranting on and on about you know how I haven't had a good date in ages Brett kind of gets upset or she interjects or she rolls her eyes or she starts offering solutions and today she's just like sitting and smiling at me and asking me questions people need your presence people need you to be present with them so the more you can just engage with them in whatever they're talking about asking about wanting to tell you just ask them questions. Be engaging. Say, hey, why do you think that is? Tell me more about that. Or you seem really excited about this particular topic. You know, tell me more. People are so desperate for someone who's fully paying attention to them and not looking at their phone <laughs> and not secretly wishing they were somewhere else. So taking a deep breath and being fully grounded and present for the people you love or don't love is our biggest practice as yogis. That's what we're here 
to learn and practice and inspire other people. It's subtle, but it might, and it might take like five years, but suddenly it will spark their journey and everyone's on their own timeline. So we can't get into this place where we think we're better than other people because we do yoga or we think we know more than them or we're more enlightened than them or we have more self-awareness than them. Probably all those things are true, but we're not allowed to think those things. All we're allowed to do, (laughs) allowed, all I'm encouraging you to do is just be present and give whoever's in front of you your full complete attention, engaging with them fully with no attention, uh, intention or agenda to change them. So that's the deeper food for thought on what started as a very lighthearted, simple question, but I did want to tie back into the yoga philosophy because I think this stuff's important. And if you're a yoga practitioner, teacher, student, you are a leader. You're leading everyone around you, like think of yourself with a little flag, you're leading everyone around you out of the dark and into the light. You're leaving, leading everyone from fear to love. You're leading everyone <laughs> into presence, into the art of being here now with open hearts. So go out, be present for the people you love, love them exactly as they are, and you will see that the more you step into your power in this way, You will lift up, your vibration is going to lift up every single person around you, your parents, your siblings, your friends. And again, it might be over the course of years, but I know for me with certain family members and people, I look back to five or 10 years ago and they've come so far, having never stepped into a yoga classroom, but I think just from um, how I've changed my relationship with them. They've come so far in their own personal development. They're like different people now. So this is a long game. Be patient. Be the leader. Always be stretching your body, your mind, your spirit. I will see you guys on YouTube in Uplifted or on my next podcast. I love you so much from my heart to yours. Namaste. This episode was brought to you by Uplifted. Try Brett's membership community for people who want to enrich their life through yoga for free at brettlarkin.com uplifted. Yoga obsessed? Join Brett for yoga teacher training at brettlarkin.com train. And don't forget to give back. Like this podcast, leave a rating or review. Share this with someone you love. Remember, now is the time to dedicate yourself to what matters most. From my heart to yours, namaste.